WKCR-FM New York, WKCR-HD1, WKCR.org, 89.9 FM. If you're here in New York City, or maybe you're listening to the Deep Focus podcast anywhere in the world, anytime you like, because this is Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. You know how the game works. We invite a guest. The guest chooses a topic, and I have to plunge into the WKCR archives and find live unreleased recordings of whoever our guest chooses. You know, it's like trying to choose among my children. All the guests are my favorite, but Craig Harris is really my favorite. You know that. You know that. You know that. I know I'm one of them. I know I'm up in <laughs> top I'm, shelf. I know I know I know I'm on the first call. I, and I really know that shelf. We have history. We go way back. We do way back. Not like you and Phil Schaap. The last time you were here, we bumped into Phil, and you guys regaled me with a tale of your encounters in the Indian subcontinent. In the India, right, in India. He was, yeah. And, um, you know, me and Phil disagreed on a lot of things, but we agreed on a lot of things, too. But we really, it's like when you spend time with people, you really learn a lot, of, you learn about them, away from them. And it was, we had a beautiful time in India, even though he had, uh, what do they call it? It's diarrhea, but they have a sanitation. Uh, oh, uh, gastric. Yeah, he had eight. They told everybody, don't eat the food on the, on the streets. You only eat in the restaurants. <laughs> so for some reason, he went. Come on, Phil's from Queens. You can't tell exactly. him that. So he went out there in the streets and ate. And like uh, there was another band there. And we were coming back. We were through with Threadgill, uh, Sextet. And they, the band, they were bringing all the players from that band. They had to brush them to the to the, a hospital because oh. they had it bad. They had it bad. Woo. They had the runs run. Oh. And so I laughed. We laughed at that forever. <laughs> you know? and then, I, don't know if, I don't know if you've had a chance to read Threadgill's book yet, Easily Slip Into Another World. He tells that story in the book. And I think the way he tells it, Phil went home the next day. Right. He got out of there. <laughs> he, <laughs> he got out of there. He, uh, he fled. Well, we ha- you and I haven't done indie together, but we've been around the block a couple times. That's true. And you actually got in touch with me because you had an idea that you were so excited about and uh, things fell into place. Who, what are we going to be talking about tonight? We're going to be talking about uh, the centennial of one of the most uh, complete, concise uh, composers, musicians, and people of the 20th, 21st, 21st century. And that's uh, Samuel Cawthorn Rivers who uh, was a saxophonist, uh, 
born in Oklahoma, but he was raised in Chicago. You know, his parents were musicians, so he was raised. He was born on the road, but he was he was raised. He was from Chicago, and uh, he had a great history. And we'll talk about that more and more as we go on. But uh, the thing is, is this is a centennial. It's coming up. Uh, we're gonna do a concert uptown uh, at, uh, in Harlem, a series on our Harlem jazz series. And uh, Sam is going to be the feature. We're going to play his big band. And I've been so uh, grateful to be in uh, collaboration with Steve Coleman, Joseph Daly, and myself. And we just decided that we can't let this go by without without uh, recognizing this great person. So on September 22nd at 7 p.m. at 15 Mount Morris Park West, uh, Mount Morris Presbyterian Ascension Church, from 7 to 9, we're going to play Sam Rivers' uh, big band music with a 22-piece a band. No, a 18-piece band. Uh, a lot of great players. And we'll talk about the players. Uh, and that's why we're here. We're here just to just get people out. There's that legendary story comes to mind, talking about India, of the uh, seven blind men encounter an elephant. And one of them goes to its leg and he says, oh, it's a, it's a like a tree. Mm-hmm. Another one finds a trunk. He says, no, it's like a rope. And another one finds a hide. He says, no, it's like a wall. And uh, I say that because there might be people who associate, who you say Sam Rivers, like, oh, yeah, oh, his work with Cecil Taylor or his work with Miles Davis or, oh, he he owned Studio Rivby and all that. Oh, you know, the his trio. There's so many facets of this man and we're focusing on one particular aspect tonight we're we're focusing on uh uh, on his large ensemble work because uh you know post dizzy gillespie where was the direction for large ensembles in this music and so like sam rivers had one of the most uh concise books of music and it was very challenging for a lot of musicians around my age who we came to town at that time this book was incredible, and you could learn so much coming out of that. It's, it's, it's so really, I'm, I'm like at that time in my time, like I say, mid '70s in New York, they had large ensemble rehearsal bands. Jackie Byatt had one, Sam Rivers had one, Frank Forster had one, and whoever I forgot, um, excuse me, but it was it was, and it was where you could really hone your craft. You know, uh, I was very fortunate to uh, be uh, a student of Warren Smith's who was uh, the percussionist in Sam Rivers' large ensemble, and I would uh, help him with his drums all the time. And we come, So I just lived, as a student, I was in uh, State University at Old Westbury. I would just drive in with Warren, come to the rehearsals or go. And uh, I wasn't playing. I wasn't ready. I was like, I just watched and just watched. And it was this incredible thing how this man created a, 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 a venue for a lot of musicians, uh, who were uh, playing the music, I would say, with, with an informed edge, an informed edge, that you could really get your, your stuff together. And if, like, uh, I, have my, I bring my trombone all the time, and if, if Charles Stevens or Majid or one of, the, one of the people who held the book down wasn't there, I'd just butcher the book. Because <laughs> it was an incredible book. Uh, and Steve Coleman could tell you the same thing. Joe Daly could tell you the same thing. It was a, Studio Rivby was a scene. It was a scene where people could just, like, grow and flower. Uh, and even predating uh, Studio Rivby, uh, 1970, Beatrice, his wife, and Sam had a Studio Rivby in 1970 in Harlem. And, uh, and that's, so when we started to do this concert, I said, good, this is like full circle. We're coming around full circle, right around the corner from where they lived. 
he was uh Mitch, it was uh you were there at that time. It was a it was a very fertile time. And and the and the thing about the book was the range of musicianship. You had to have a very high level of, of musicianship to play this book. And No, I was just thinking about that when you were saying that. Those were you rattled off a number of bands people may or may not know. They were all each great in their own way. Frank Foster, more or less coming out of Basie band. Gotta remember, Count Basie's still alive at this time, still working his band. Right. You know, um, and um, Jackie Byard had his thing, which um, he'd been, he'd played with Mingus, all the other things he'd done. He had a big, broad musical voice. But this band, the range of material, the vocabulary, I mean, I don't know if anybody put the same kind of demands. I mean, they, <laughs> not to compare. But this was something very special going on with this band. You had to have a had to really know a huge range of music and be able to think on your feet. I would think just hearing this. Right, right, and 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 you know, Mitch, you just said it. You said you just, like you just ran the lineage of this whole thing of large ensemble music. Like you coming from from uh, who uh, who did Basie inherit the band from? Oh man, we messing up now. <laughs> beat me down. If Phil was here, he'd beat me down. <laughs> he would. But he would beat me down. Benny Moten. Benny Moten. Okay, <laughs> all right. And then you had Basie. And then from Basie, out of Basie Band, two people came out of Basie Band. Great great composers and writers again. I think that Centennial is coming. When is Frank Forster's and uh, uh, oh, Thad Jones? It's around, it's all those people around here yeah, in this period. I, yeah. I don't have it right here. And a great thing come there. And so it's that continuum. And that's why, I like, like to have Steve Coleman on the Steve Coleman is, is lineage out of Basie Band through that he spent time with Thad Jones. Right, that's another Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, Thad Jones, Thad Jones, Mel Lewis, man. So there's a continuum of of, of African thought, ex- extensive uh, thought coming through these things, and uh, we just were ab- able at that time. New York, even the people were coming from California, people were coming from Chicago, uh, and every other place, and did it with the regular New Yorkers here, and so the musicians that sought to that area to, to play the music with that informed edge. Uh, we we flocked to Studio Rigby every, every night. The, I mean, it was even if you wasn't playing, you'd be sitting outside. You know what's going on? What's going on? Trying to pick up a gig. People would meet each other. New York, pretty much in the seventies, was like that. Where was Studio Rigby, and what kind of a Bond Street, right off of uh, uh, what's that? Uh, Broadway. I forgot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Broadway, right. Lafayette. Right Lafayette. There. Yeah, Lafayette. Yeah, right there. Yeah. And people live in New York might be thinking, "Oh, yeah, where all those fancy boutiques are and everything." Oh, yeah. that's a great place for yeah. a music venue. Before all of that, <laughs> and, and what, before all of that, and <laughs> it, you know, it's it like and that. That's that's a, a beautiful thing. It was in this loft period. You know, a lot of musicians had lofts at that time. Warren Smith had a loft. Sam Rivers had a loft. Uh, Braith, George Braith had a loft. Joe Lee Wilson had a loft. Then there was Enveron. There were many musicians. We were in that period of of, of do for self, do for ourselves, and try to um, make uh, things happen. Not waiting for somebody to call us, not waiting for the established world to call us, to just create the work so we can just get down and do what we did. And Sam just uh, set up a whole place for us to do that. And we, it's quite remarkable, actually, that uh, we found some documentation. I, I wish this band had recorded more and some of the things that we're going to play tonight had been released. But, um, and there are some large ensemble recordings of Sam Rivers to check out. But right. this is this is pretty special. Uh, we were talking about 
the you were you were telling me off mic about how busy things were in 1979. Yeah, 79. It was a period uh, a lot of bands were working. Uh, 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 had opened up the public theater. Really, uh, Joe Pass Public Theater had opened up. What's his name? Andy Plessa. What's his name? Who opened it? Uh, uh, booking I, it. We oh, know Joe Papp. Know. Yeah. Well, the, the reason is that Intazaki Shange, who was a good friend of Joe Papp's, because uh, they they did a, a color girls at uh, the, at uh, at the public theater, and Joe Papp was just into Zaki, and Zaki turned uh, Joe Papp up to onto all this whole movement. So they decided to have a, a music thing. I think David Murray opened it up with his big band. I don't. I'm not sure about that. That's arguable. I think he opened it up with his big band. And at that period, uh, we were just moving, uh, and uh, they would have incredible concerts there. They would have incredible concerts for a lot of those musicians that had sought that trail of the informed edge. Uh, I like that expression. Oh, I do. I like to say it because uh, a lot of people, like, when they say Sam Rivers, they, say, they, they have these terms avant-garde or mainstream or, or stuff. And they, they, they don't seem to apply, like the word jazz. None of this really makes any sense to us, but we just go on and make the make this content. Of course. Uh, and, but uh, but no, I, I, I like that, yes, people try to apply all these words right. and spend a lot of time thinking about it. But there's some real meaning in what you say of an informed edge. There's there, a, a, a person like Sam Rivers and people who are drawn to that have explored some very particular things and share a language, I think. And I don't want to. You, you, you're right. For you, 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 you've been around the music. We share the language. We've done the work. We've done the. You know, for uh, for I can speak for myself. A tradition is about transition for me. The tradition is how do we get to the next space? That's always been for me. And so I always I'll use that term with an informed edge because. Uh, you can't, uh, a lot of people have this misnomer that, oh, you just come up and you just play anything or you can do anything. It don't work like that. There, there's, there's rules to be informally broken. There's everything, everything is malleable. And uh, Sam Rivers was that in himself. And that's why I have so much respect for him because uh, he was uh, committed to, to really to this at all. It, everything about him was committed to like, you know, being in that informed edge. Uh, his playing in, in any situation. If you listen to recordings of Sam with, you know, Sam, people don't know, for those on Sam Rivers also had a, 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 a short term. He worked with uh, Miles Davis. He, where he did, they, they did maybe two tours and then they did the Japanese thing. And he was the intern. He was in before, but from John Coltrane uh, and George Coleman. And then he was that intern before Wayne Shorter. And so they, they always ask Sam, well, what happened? And Sam said nothing. He said Miles Davis wanted uh, Wayne Shorter. He was just waiting for Wayne Shorter to finish the Art Blakely uh, job. And the thing was, Sam said, well, when that, that came up, he was supposed to go with Art Blakely, but he had went, already went on the road with Andrew Hill. So, and the thing and is— And they were recording together. Yeah, right. And the thing, and the thing really, to break it is, is that— uh, even with, with with Miles, you know, like Coltrane left Miles, he was he was moving into uh, that informed edge more and more. Sam was in the informed edge, and he did it on Miles. If you listen to the Tokyo recordings, like Sam ain't playing, you know. So it's not that he, and everything is formed. I mean, this man he went to Boston Conservatory. I mean, he was playing when he was Sam was playing since he was six, seven years old. He, he took piano, he, his violin, 
trombone. I'm glad he gave the trombone up. <laughs> <laughs> he played. You know, he was a he was a well. His his become, his, his, his parents were musicians, and his grandfather was a musician. You know, and 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 he was uh, sang with the Fisk Jubilee Singers. Was I don't. I'm not sure which one, but he sang with a group. Did, yeah. But the thing was, in 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 in, the, in his family, there's always been there's been a publishing company in his family since 1880. Wow. You know, that's, that's, that's his grandfather. So he's, he's, he's a well-trained musician. And uh, people kind of, you know, they kind of miss that when they, when, they, when they don't have the, when they're not able to hear what he's doing. They just say, oh, this, he doesn't know what he's doing. This person knows what he's doing. Then he went to a Boston Conservatory. What's that man? Ayanis, uh, I forgot the name of the, the, the teacher up there. Him and Gigi Grice. Right. Gigi Grice. Yeah. Sam Sam spent time with Gigi Grice. They were up in Boston. A lot of them studied at the Boston Conservatory together, which my connection to that is with Ken McIntyre, Ken McIntyre, who also went to Boston Conservatory. And uh, then he came to New York. Tony Williams told Miles Davis about Sam, and and then he they moved to New York. So this is this is a, a, a trove of information from Mr. Rivers, and. He wrote this large ensemble. Everybody thinks about the small group music, but going going all the way around the corner, coming back, this large ensemble music for that direction, that post-Dizzy Gillespie, what was going to happen with large ensembles? Also, George Russell's centennial this year. Yeah. And I, uh, Mitch, I kind of say, woo, the organizations that are so-called presenting this music, they're missing two very great people. So we couldn't, Joseph Daly and Steve Coleman said, no, we can't let this happen. And so with the help of our organization, uh, uh, Harlem Jazz Box. We're going to present the concert uh, on September 22nd. I'm going to give you some information about that. Then I'm going to let you talk a little bit because I'm running my mouth. But it's going to be at. That's why you're here, man. That's right. Mount Morris Ascension Presbyterian Church on uh, the evening of Friday, September the 22nd, 2023, at 7 p.m. Uh, we'll be presenting Sam Rivers Music with a band of uh, on saxophones. It'll be Steve Coleman. Lee Odom, Ravi Coltrane, Ramon Filou, and James Carter. Trumpets, John Finlayson, Jonathan Finlayson, Eddie Allen, Ralph Alessi, Nathan Eklund. Trombones, Ray Anderson and myself, Craig, uh, Craig Harris. Euphonium, Joseph Daly. Tuba, Bob Stewart. Uh, bass, Doug Matthews. And drums, Tony Lewis. And yesterday we just added uh, David Gilmore on guitar. And this is, that's... Uh Murderers Row, right there. You yes. got the, the the killers coming through. Yeah, yeah. I I would say we got the the people that really understand the informed edge. We get a chance to have a couple of days of rehearsal and play this music. And Steve, uh, really, uh, he had me laugh another day because the uh, University of Pittsburgh, Sam Rivers Archive, is at the University of Pittsburgh, and they've been gracious enough to let us have this music. And I want to give them credit because it's hard. You know, his daughter don- donated Sam's entire archive to the wow. University of Pittsburgh. Uh, and it, it, a, a massive archive, right? I mean, like, he wrote every day. Every day, all day. You know, and, and for all kinds of c- configurations, woodwind groups, big band, small band, uh, percussion, all kinds of music he got there. So, you know, um, I, t- I would like people, like, you know, you can su- help support them by donating to... Uh, that, that, yeah, that university to keep that archive going, and uh, for me, it's it's a it's, it's full circle because we have that organization. We have our, our Harlem Jazz Series, Harlem Jazz Box, and 
Why did I want to do that? I just want to play trombone and write music. But from the influence of people like Sam Rivers, Warren Smith, Maconda McIntyre, Muhal Richard Abrams, who, who, who really instilled in me that we also have to present our own, our own narrative. And so uh, I'm, I guess I'm doing that. You know, we do, we, we do concerts all year, all year. I mean, from what, uh, March to uh, December 31st, we have concerts every Friday night at the church. You know, and that's been going on well. And that's from the influence of that whole period of, of the 70s, the 60s. People like uh, to go from the Kujijakalia from the book, Do For Self. Want, you know, don't beg and ask, you know, and don't complain. You know, if, if, if they don't let you in your party, go make your own party. There you go. You know, you go. And you're, you're a big believer in that. I'm you're a big, big believer in that. And I'm glad you mentioned Muhal, too, because uh, he's another one who really, what he did with the large ensemble, right. that's all the story. But... I mean, these are all artists of enormous magnitude, um, in particular Sam Rivers, who we are focusing on tonight. I can't think of anybody who commands more respect among our generation, younger generations of um, people who aspire to creative achievement and, and creating your own music. I mean, he's he's a hero. Oh, he, he, he you know, he... Uh... He really, and you know, there's, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's tales about Sam had these notebooks that he started his systems when he was in, was he, when he was at Boston, they had these, and I, uh, and there's these things that Sam was writing down his own, his, his work and his systems, his own concepts, his, his idea of how, how this thing should be done. Cause there's nothing new under the sun, but everybody has their own individual portal within to that. And Sam started writing his own way and his own ideas down at a very young age and never turned back, never turned back. Uh, uh, Makanda, who was my teacher, who went, who was born in Boston, he's the one that first told me about Sam Rivers. And, uh, uh, it's just like, uh, I, he 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 also had a large book. A lot, a lot of that. This is something that there's there's a study for one of the musicologists out there. But that Boston period, like Gigi Grice was there, Maconda was there, Sam, Jackie Byatt, and I'm forgetting the Herb Pomeroy, the big band there. Right. Yeah. Uh, there was great, a lot of great things there, and uh, uh, it should it should be studied more. It should be, it should be studied more because they, they came out of Boston with something. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, we're trying to shine a little light when we found this recording. This is quite remarkable. Hi, where y'all got it? I don't know how y'all got it. Y'all got in that room, y'all got everything. <laughs> we do. We really do. It sounds like, you know, I don't know, it sounds kind of mythic. I'm going to walk, it's right across the hall. I'm going to walk you in there. It's going to knock your eyes out. And uh, sure enough, yeah, where, where and when? Fill us in. Who's there? What's going on? Well, no, man, I'm going to let you do that because, okay. I, listen, 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 we're going to do this concert. We're doing this concert. <laughs> okay. And I called Mitch the last minute. I said, Mitch, I need some help. And he had a, he had another situation and it didn't, the artist, you know, was, couldn't make it today. So it's like fullness of time. So pop, I'm right pop. up in here. Oh. And then I said, well, Mitch, what you got in them rooms? <laughs> I thought about you. I said, they got something in the room. And uh, everybody knows all my colleagues out there, they got us, they got us all they got us kidnapped in that room over here. They got, <laughs> they got all kinds of beautiful tapes. And Mitch found a gem. He found a gem. He found a couple of gems. But he found one that I happened to be on at that time. And that's live in Torino, Italy on November, 20th, November 20th, 1979. And uh, we're going to play something from that. It's with Sam Rivers, 
uh, conducting and reads uh, Malachi Thompson, Jack Walrath, Oliver Bina on trumpets, Charles Stevens, Craig Harris on trombone, reads Chico Freeman, Hamiet Blewett, Steve Coleman, Dwayne Armstrong uh, on tuba, Richard Purcell, that's who that is, that's John Purcell's brother, and uh, bass, the, the intimate, uh, Dave Holland and Thurman Barker on drums. And this was on a tour, uh, like I said, that, that 79, 78, 79, 80, Sam was working a lot with the big band. And uh, we happened to be on tour, uh, and uh, we played in Torino. Uh, and uh, I had forgot all about it. Mitch and you, I said, whoa, I, you know. And uh, how did y'all get this tape? <laughs> Uh, you know, the deep focus fans run deep, man. Oh, man. We got, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, this is just absolutely remarkable. Um, if you're just tuning in, the show's called Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. Very happy to be here with Craig Harris. And our focus is on the large ensemble writing, conducting, playing of the magnificent Sam Rivers. So, yeah, we're going to hear this recording from Torino, Italy, November 20th. 1979 on WKCR.
that's what happens when you listen to music like that. It carries you away. And, um, oh, we got, that was that same piece coming back around. We got more for you, though. We got a lot more. The show's called Deep Focus. You're listening to WKCR. I am your host, Mitch Goldman, and my guest in the studio tonight is Craig Harris, and we are immersed in the music of Sam Rivers' big band. This recording you will not find in your neighborhood record store, if you have one. I hope you do. Uh, It was a recording made in Torino, Italy, on November 20th, 1979, and... We got more of this coming your way. And um, also something to put on your calendar is Sam Rivers' Centennial coming up. And Craig Harris, you have some information about um, the event that's going to be happening a couple of Fridays from now, September 22. Yes, I do, Mitch. I really do. Uh, And like I said, once again, thanks thanks the audience. Uh, Thanks WKCR for having me here today. Um, we're able to put this together, uh, and Mitch has been so gracious to allow me to come in here and uh, just to, uh, just uh, of pitch. I'm pitching, you know, our concert, which is coming up uh, on September 22nd at uh, uh, Mount Morris Ascension Presbyterian Church, 15 Mount Morris Park West at 122nd Street. Uh, we're going to present... Uh, Sam Rivers Centennial, and uh, it's going to be a great group of musicians. Uh, I've been working with uh, Steve Coleman and Joseph Daly on this. We've decided together to just try to put this together, and uh, the response from everybody has been good. It's a great group of musicians. I'll give you, like, saxophones are Steve Coleman, Lee Odom, Ravi Coltrane, Roman Filiu, and James Carter. Trumpets are Jonathan Finlayson, Eddie Allen, Ralph Alessi, Nathan Eklund. The trombones are Ray Anderson and Craig Harris. Euphonium, Joseph Daly. Tuba, Bob Stewart. A bass, Doug Matthews. Drums, Tony Lewis. Guitar, David Gilmore. And that's a great group of musicians, and we're going to play honor to uh, one of the uh, concise uh, uh, presenters of large ensemble music. Uh, a lot of people don't know that Sam Rivers just wrote so much music for this ensemble. You just heard this ensemble play. Uh, Mitch uh, um, found a recording going back to 1979 that I happened to be on. And uh, the band is uh, a really incredible band. I remember it as I listened to it more and more. It had Malachi Thompson on trumpet, uh, Jack Walrath on trumpet, Oliver Bina on trumpet. The trombones were Charles Stevens, uh, Craig Harris. Uh, the, the reed players were Chico Freeman, Hamid Blewett, Steve Coleman, Dwayne Armstrong. Tuba was Richard Purcell. Uh, bass was Don, um, oh man, Dave Holland. How could I miss that? And Thurman Barker. And you heard, you know, this was a thing. We did. I, can, I can't give you the title because on Sam's music, a lot of times there wasn't often titles. He just had numbers. So he, so I, I don't even know the name. A lot of the things, and, and they usually got named once they were recorded. So because he had right. a process, he had he had so much music, uh, uh, and you just heard this great piece. Uh, uh, I think, uh, and it's really some. You heard Chico Freeman. I think I think that was Chico Freeman opening up. That's arguable because there's two there's two great uh, Chicago tenor saxophonists in that group, Dwayne Armstrong and Chico Freeman. And I think that was Chico that opened up. 
And then uh, it got more familiar when I heard the trombone. And the next part, I know that was me playing trombone and a guy named Charles Stevens and Oliver Bina. That, those were that. And then there was another section that came up. I heard Blewett was soloing on baritone. Uh, Oliver Bina was on uh, trumpet. Dave Holland was on bass. And then that, that last section, that was definitely Steve Coleman on uh, alto saxophone. And this was the thing about, Mitch, this was the thing about, he wrote these intricate, like, structures for us. But within the structure he gave, there was a, a room where we could uh, improvise. And our improvisation was extension of the composition. And really when the band was locked down and we had been playing for a while, the, the, the players would take that informed information from the ensemble and put it within their, in, their, their improvisation. And it could go on and on and on and on. And it really was, it was really... Uh, uh, a great, beautiful thing when the band, when we had worked for a while and everybody kind of understood all the material, understood it. Uh, it was, uh, the, 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 the whole thing was an improvisation in the sense of, because that's the way Sam wrote. So, you know, people know Sam wrote, um, Sam, there's different, there's, there's, for people who compose, like a lot of people compose, there's so many different ways to compose to compose, you know, it's like uh, like the great Miles Davis. I know there's great stories. Like uh, he would walk with the great composer Wayne Shorter. They would walk on Broadway, and then Miles Davis would see something. He said, "Now write that or play that," you know, just like that. And uh, that whole extension of improvisation being a, a heavenly part of our system, where we're able to turn and make this magic. Sam, he could write like Sam. Sam like. He was he worked with uh, Dizzy Gillespie, Miles Davis, a T Bone Walker, uh, a gospel music. Uh, he did everything. Jimi Hendrix, you know, right? You know, up in up in Woodstock, up yeah. in Woodstock. Jimi Hendrix. Sam covered a lot of uh, territory, and he also was a, a definite person that could put it down on the paper. And so he would. A lot of people, there's different ways to write music, but and Sam has so many different techniques. But I tell you one thing that really drew me about his music. Sam wrote a horizontal harmony as opposed to vertical harmony. So a lot of people know, like, you know, you have the chords and it's vertical, or, you know, the chords are that way. But Sam, Sam, he could do that, but he would also write a lot of lines, horizontal lines, and the, and the lines. So he'd write a trombone line, then he'd write another line, then he'd write another line. And those lines would create the harmony as opposed to the harmony creating the lines. Mm -hmm. So he had all this interwoven material yeah. that he would write. I, uh, I remember one time uh, going to him and seeing what's going on. He said, well, just write down, just write down a lot of notes. Just write down whatever, whatever you want to write down. But I said, well, what's he said, just write them down. He says, okay, and now what is the interconnection with all of these notes? What are they all connected? They're interconnected because you wrote them down, and they're all connected. Now, it's like, you have, it's like you have this content, now elaborate on it. So take these notes that you wrote down and just write lines with these notes. And write, so I write a line with that note, then put the trumpet note. And then, and then most of the time there's another way, like you write to the harmony, like you write to the chords. No, he would write, write to the line, and it would create, their own line. So it's like horizontal, I call it horizontal harmony, extended horizontal harmony. That's the term I called it because then after I would write it, I'd sit back on it and analyze it. And I'd say, oh, this is created here. This is created here. And it's like, uh, what's the guy that used to throw the paint on the floor? Pollack, right? Jackson Pollock, Jackson sure. Pollock. Yep. Jackson Pollock. A lot of those people, like, you have, it's, everything is related because it's coming from you. And how do you 
work it. And so if you just throw it down and then you can analyze it later. So that, you know, and that's the same way we improvise. Like we prepare ourselves all our lives, concise, every note, every scale, we get it all together, we get it. And then when we play, like Charlie Parker say, we, we want to forget all of that. And we just want to, we want to create. And, with a, and, and that's where it comes back to uh, an informed edge. You got to have that edge for me. That's my thing. But it has to be informed. And Sam really, that's how he wrote. So when you hear like all the solos and everything going on that, and then the beautiful part, it, there was, it was all one organism. It was just everything. It was yeah. everything. Yeah, that, that, that is how it sounds to even those of us who weren't there weren't playing in it and maybe even didn't study music. It still sounds like a one complete piece. And it's difficult to tell. Uh, I'm curious about how how much of this he wrote, right? I mean, was it – because there are parts that are obviously composed and then there's places majority where – majority of it is composed. It is. The majority is Sam, every note, every phrase, every note. Everything is composed. And then he, after he would do that, after he'd create that high level of composition, then he would add the compositional improvisational thing to it. So it just took it to another level. It wasn't like, no, I'm going to write eight bars here and I'm going to let you all have it. No, that thing was thoroughly composed. But the thing being with the informed edge, now, okay, now I want you all to extend on this. All right, so I gave you a Rolls Royce. Now I want you all to make it something, like take it to the next level. You know, so... Um, and, and 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 working like I you know I've been fortunate enough to work with you know I came on scene with Sun Ra and the and the process is the same these are thorough Muhammad Richard Avens these are thorough Jackie Byer these are thorough uh, written pieces but the most important part of it is in our music is the the improvisation the element that that is okay now we got we got this we got this car now what are we going to do with it. And is he is he conducting and is his is that does he do that in a what was his style of of leading the band? He 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 sat in front of he counted off the tempo he played his horn he played his parts and he would conduct us and he would conduct this he would conduct the sections and sometimes if he wanted to sometimes if he wanted to lay in a section he just hold us off like a traffic cop let's lay in section. Two, okay, let's lay there, let's lay there, I like this, this is feeling good, something's going on here, and we lay in section two, then he move us on to the three. Or if he just say straight up, we play it straight in. It's, it's malleable, the whole thing is malleable, and he was like shaping clay. It's, it's something I, I've stole from him, Sun Ra, <laughs> like, you know, they create, remember people, it's a concise written piece, it's all written, but the thing is, it's ever, that's the way it always lives, that's the way it lives, every time you do it, it's going to be different. And, you know, Charles Mingus. It's so funny, at that time, you know, Sam was like late 60s, 70s, he was doing his band. Charles Mingus was doing a band down on the Lower West Side and something like that. And a lot of the players from Sam's, Charles Mingus heard that Sam Rivers had a band with with these players with this informed edge that could play this very intricate parts, but they also could holler and solo. And he he was like, that's how Hammy had blew it, joined Mingus's band uh, from Bob Stewart worked with them because they were working with Sam. Sam Sam was really uh had that studio ribby going on. And it was a it was a great place. And this is something from Mitch, this work that you 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 brought me. I'm looking at it and I'm looking at like Sam had like like two tiers of of, of bands. You know, like people like uh you know Charles Stevens had was there, Joe Daly, Hammett, Blewett, 
uh, Dave Holland, uh, Barry Ashler, and and a lot of these other musicians, they were with Sam in the late 60s and early 70s. And then me, Steve Coleman, George Lewis, and Ray Anderson, and all of us, Chico Freeman, we came on later. So we came into an infrastructure that was already set and tight. And, we could, and, he, and he just was very uh, gracious to us and said, now y'all come on and add to this. Um, and uh, the, uh, the concert that you're going to hear uh, is a lot from in the direction of this band you hear right now. It's, you know, uh, it's very malleable, very, gives a lot of space to uh, improvisers. I, heard, I know you heard. Uh, it's so funny, I messed the trumpets up because there was a great trumpet. He was also with Sam early in his career, Oliver Beena. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people don't know about Oliver Beena, but go, he played with Ray Charles. and he, I think he has one recording or maybe two. Oliver Beena was a great, great trumpet player. You know, and uh, he's in there, and uh, and that's and that's the breath. That's the beautiful part about Sam's music. Uh, you can get once again, you can go, you can get people that go all the way from the most funkiest blues to the outest out in the ensemble, and that was the beautiful thing about it. You know, that's that's something like I call them sonic clans. Like Sam would gather if you can, like if you can read my music, and I don't care what you you, you want to play in out around or whatever. You got to read these parts, and I, I I'm gonna give you, a, I'm, I'm gonna let you do what you want to do, and uh, that's that's so. Uh, I don't know. It's not enough of it going on for me now. I tell you. You're listening to WKCR FM New York, WKCR HD, maybe WKCR.org on the web all around the world. Maybe you're 89.9 FM here in New York City. Or you could listen to this show on the Deep Focus podcast. This show we're doing tonight on September 4th, 2023 is going to go up next week and we'll stay up permanently joining uh, over 300 other episodes up there. And here's a little bonus. This is all free, no advertising. Um, You can also, if you want to go to my website, if you're curious about this, go to mitchgoldman.com, pull down the About Deep Focus tab, mitchgoldman.com, and uh, there's a search bar. You could search any of the past episodes. You're listening to my guest, Craig Harris. You could listen to past episodes that Craig and I have done together, including you were talking about Blewett playing with Mingus. We did a whole show about that, of course. Right. A lot right. of people might not know that, but you can go in there and find that. Right. It's all right. up there. Everything's there. Right. And, um, yeah, immerse yourself. And you can uh, subscribe. And you can also follow us on Instagram. It's mm-hmm. um, deep underscore focus underscore podcast mm-hmm. on Instagram and put photos up of these artists to get discussion going about some of this music to find out about shows that are coming up and um, so that's a little information for you but right now Craig Harris is here and we're listening to the music of Sam Rivers large ensembles uh, we're going to go back to Torino Italy 1979 in a moment but uh, first a quick reminder that the centennial of Sam Rivers being celebrated Friday, September 22, at Mount Morris Ascension Presbyterian Church, 15 Mount Morris Park West, 122nd Street. Uh, It's a 7 p.m. show and an absolute all-star ensemble. And um, did uh, we're going to go back to the beginning of the Turin concert. Yeah, yes. And um, 
anything uh, you want to call our attention to? I know you spent uh, some time listening. Y- yeah, I spent some time listening. Um, and uh, I love that part where the, the two flutes are playing together, and there's some really yeah. inventive, unusual things happen on this piece. And, and you know, like I said, this was a concise composer. Everything, he, everything was written down, but uh, he also allowed improvisers to just, like, help like enhance and enhance that experience so he used these layers of woodwinds a lot and this uh this uh this i i call it the collage and and it also and when you have the right players it's a beautiful thing because it enhances the music it enhances music and sometimes if you don't have the right player it even that even enhances the music that's the beauty of it that's that's the beauty of it uh but uh once again the bands at that time we have been playing a lot um uh, I was I was working with uh, Abdullah Ibrahim, so I missed a couple of concerts uh, that summer. But it was a great summer, and uh, <clears throat> Studio Rivby was like uh, he had uh, incredible veterans who had been working with him going back before my time with him, and uh, they were uh, a, a lot of uh, great things going on. I had took some notes, and you know, always, always when you need your notes after you done wrote them, you can't find well, them. I, th- I think it's really interesting that he carried over, you know, he had his trio and his quartet. He had uh, Joe Daly. He did so much fantastic work with, and uh, Dave Holland and, and Thurman Barker, and uh, these guys came along into the large ensemble too. And that's that's brilliant what you're just saying there because that's, that, 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 that's part of the magic between Barry Ashler uh, Warren Smith, Thurman Barker, those, those three, those three drummers are on these recordings, and then Dave Holland and Joseph Daly. So that was his core small group, and and that's a very good way to go because you have this core unit, and then you just dress it with the larger unit. So you you, and it was beautiful, like it's a small group moving, and but at the same time it's moving this big band. You you know, so he still has this presence of a small portable group that can move in any different directions, and that's really beautiful. I love it. I love it. Let's go back to Torino. It's November 20th, 1979. Sam Rivers. Now, uh, you called this the big band, uh, or, but big band and orchestra are not used interchangeably. They're, they're distinct. They're two distinct things. And this is the big band. Yeah. Getting, it, getting it right. All right. It's Deep Focus on WKCR. <laughs> Thank you. 
It's a deep focus from September 4th, 2023, Labor Day here in the USA. And my guest is Craig Harris, and we're talking about Sam Rivers. You know that because you just listened to that whole part. That was part one of three parts of this episode. So uh, come and join us over on part two. But first, let me just thank everybody who's been uh, acknowledging Deep Focus, everybody who's subscribed, everybody who's given us five stars and all that. Um, There's so many podcasts out there. There's even other podcasts using the name Deep Focus. Can't blame them for being influenced by us. But uh, more to the point, when you give uh, any kind of response, really, especially a positive response to this program, it raises it in the algorithms and it helps people find it. And I'm so pleased and excited to see people all over the world finding this show. And I, I think I might have mentioned we have listeners, last time I counted it was 100 15 countries people are listening to deep focus which uh uh, i'm a bit of a zealot you know i think that um i think this music is so rich and powerful and uplifting i think all the guests are brilliant inspired inspiring people i think there's a lot about this show that points away of uh what can i say living a better life. It's a big part of the best parts of my life. And I'm so happy to share that. I love the fact that you get it. And I want us to help other people share in that. So, you know, what's funny. I get these statistics from the podcasting apps. So we're up on, I think, all the major podcast platforms where Apple is the biggest one where most of our listeners come from. Spotify is big. Overcast, CastBox, Google. (laughs) I don't know why Google's way down there. I would think they would be up there, but they're not. Um, We get more listeners coming from other places. iTunes also people are still using, like me. Um, Safari and Chromecast and Sonos. So um, it's around, you know. Um, People are you could, you could find it there. Your friends could find us there. They tell me what time of day you listen. They tell me what percentage of the show you listen to. And I'm curious to know more about that. I would love to hear from you. Tell me, do you listen in the car? Do you listen when you walk the dog? Do you listen because it helps you fall asleep? Do you listen when you're cooking dinner? Do you listen alone? Do you listen with other people? I would love to hear any experiences you have listening to Deep Focus. And you can tell me by emailing deepfocusnow at gmail.com. Deepfocusnow at gmail.com. And yeah, uh, you know, share it, spread it, light the fire, tell somebody. Really, honestly, that's the best way. Just tell somebody. Tell somebody who you think might like it. All right. Blah, 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 blah. I will see you over at part two of the show from September 4th, 2023, Craig Harris on Sam Rivers, Deep Focus. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah.